Hello from almost spring-like Smithville, Ohio. My name is Todd Martin and I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite Church. And I'm so glad you've tuned in to hear the message God has for you today. So let's begin with prayer. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word and now help us to hear it clearly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In July of 2002, nine miners were trapped in Kew Creek, Pennsylvania, when a mine shaft collapsed due to flood water. The men were trapped in a pocket of air 244 feet down in 50-degree cold waters. The miners gasped for air as the flood waters rose to their chins. They tied themselves together so all their bodies would be found if they drowned. Miner Blaine Mayhew, age 31, asked his boss for a pen when the water in the shaft kept rising. You see, he wanted to write his wife and kids to tell them that he loved them. Night and day, rescuers fought to reach the men. On Sunday, July 28, 2002, the rescue workers broke through <coughs> the coal mine wall to find the nine trapped miners all alive and well. People were weeping and cheering at village roadsides and television sets at the news that the miners who had been trapped were now rescued. There was great celebration. You see, the lost were found. And everybody loves when that happens. As I said at the beginning of this mission-minded series that we're in, Lord willing, there would be 12 messages aimed at making us more mission-minded. Now this begs the question, what's the mission? Well, here is where I would have us consider Matthew 28 18 through 20, a, a section of scripture known as the Great Commission. Now, this section best capsulates our mission, and that's actually the Bible verse benediction at Smithville Mennonite for the next eight messages. So, I'm going to share it with you now. Again, this is the Great Commission. The very words of Jesus as recorded in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, I think that would be a great Bible memory verse for anybody from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Now, there are two elements of our mission in that section, making disciples and teaching them what Jesus commanded. Now, our first four messages unpack the how and the who Jesus made disciples of. Miracles were often involved. Difficult people were often saved and then sent to tell others about Jesus. We saw that it's a messy, costly business 
But this is our mission. And this is how Jesus did it. And we should too. This next run of four messages involves teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, needless to say, that would cover a lot of ground to teach everything Jesus commanded. But for our purposes in this mission-minded series, I want to focus on four stories and a type of person these stories highlight. What will come through is a clear command Jesus declared about himself and thus about us. He did this in Luke 19.10. You don't need to look it up. I'll read it for you. From Luke 19.10. This is Jesus talking. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Again, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Then Jesus says in John 14.12, Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do the work that I am doing. So to follow in the footsteps of Jesus is what we're doing when we seek and save the lost. This is important to God. And this is why Jesus tells three parables about this very topic. These touch the core of all humanity, the sincere desire to see the lost found. Like those miners in Pennsylvania, we too want the lost to be found. This is near and dear to the heart of God and should be to us as well. These parables are what must be taught to every generation of Jesus' followers so that we don't become complacent. So that we don't begin to think, well, I'm saved. To hell with the rest of the world. Friends, that is a cold and dead salvation that probably isn't saving faith at all. If you don't want others to be saved, you probably aren't saved yourself. Let me just say that one more time. If you don't want others to be saved, you're probably not saved yourself. Friends, seeing the lost found is the very heart of God. Every single person on this earth bears the image of God. They are actually his children, but have been lost in the darkness of sin. Runaways of humanity. And from God, since we ran away in Genesis chapter 3. You see, friends, from then on, God has been calling out to all of us. Where are you? This is why Jesus came and commissioned us to do the same, to seek and save the lost. Now that was a long introduction to get to your point to ponder or your sermon. Sermon in a sentence, and here it is. Your sermon in a sentence is this. When we follow in Jesus' footsteps, we seek and save the lost. When we follow in Jesus' footsteps, We seek and save the lost. Now I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And in that chapter, we will find a little surprise right at the beginning. Again, Luke chapter 15 is where I'd like you to go. Now, uh, it's great if you can open your Bible 
If you don't have a Bible, I'd sure like to know about it, and we'll send you one. Just stick around till the end of the message, and I'll tell you how that's done. Again, I'm in Luke chapter 15, verse 1, and we're going to find that not everybody will be happy about seeking and saving the lost. Listen how some muttered about Jesus. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. What I'm sad to say you probably need to get out of verses 1 and 2 is that mutterers will always be around. Mutterers will always be around. And then your application question is this. Either you make people mutter or you probably mutter yourself. Which are you? Now this is a self-check right up front. Look at who gathered around to hear Jesus. Sinners. The ones who wanted and indeed needed to hear Jesus. Right off the bat, we see the parable playing out as the lost were gathering around him. This is what he did, do we? Are we open to sinners gathering around us, or do we mutter? Oh, friends, the good church people of that day looked down their noses at Jesus and his sinner friends. In that culture, if you ate with someone, you were their friend. Eating was intimate, and you didn't eat with people you didn't love. But how do we love people that are so sinful? How do we invite them into our lives and not become sinners ourselves? How do we do it? See them with Jesus' eyes, that they are lost, and we must bring them home. The mutterers, they saw these sinners as lost, but not worth finding. Jesus saw everyone as worth finding. And sadly, often those who thought they were found were actually the the most lost. Today, I hope you check yourself. Am I lost or found? Do I care about those who are lost? What or who do I mutter about? Well, Jesus responds to these mutterers with a parable. Verse 3. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Now, friends, you need to know from verses 3 to 6, shepherds care for all the sheep and go after the lost ones. Shepherds care for all the sheep and go after the lost ones. Then I just ask, who do you need to go after? Or who is coming after you? Now, here's a picture that would have been common in that time and place. The shepherds and their flocks roamed the countryside. In fact, there may have been a flock passing Jesus as he shared this story. His listeners would have been familiar with this scenario. The lost was found and everyone rejoiced. 
Can I ask, what have you lost, found, and rejoiced over? I am a legendary loser. Keys, wallet, phone. These things make me crazy when I lose them. And they are often lost right before I need to leave. You name it, I've lost it. My mother-in-law gave me a key keeper and I ran the batteries dead. But then you need to know that I rejoice when the lost is found. Here's the point. We need to go after the lost stuff. What if I could see lost people just as important as my keys? What if I could value lost people as just as valuable as my lost phone? I can at once go into a frenzied or focused search for stuff that is lost, but what about souls? Friends, this is what being mission-minded is all about. When I find my lost stuff, I rejoice. I often tell those around me, I got it. The loss has been found. Hooray! Now I love the way we celebrate lost souls being found at Smithville Mennonite. When we baptize people, I love throwing the rebirthday parties. We do this as we bless those who have been found and join the family or the flock of God. But friend, I need to ask, who are you looking for? Is there a lost person you know that needs found? Would you pray for them? Would you ask others to pray for them too? Or maybe you are the lost one. Here's the sad part. Do you remember the mutterers? They were more lost than anyone. You see, the people who claimed to know God the best were the furthest from him. And he was standing right in front of them. If you are not concerned about the lost, you are likely as lost as they are. But you don't know it. Who is it that you're looking for? And who's looking for you? Maybe the Spirit himself is looking for you right now. Let me pray real quick here. Lord, if there's someone who's lost and they just realized that they're lost, I pray that they would open their hearts to you now. I pray that they would acknowledge their lostness and come to you. Lord, Help us to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to finish up with verse 7 of chapter 15 in the Gospel of Luke. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, please understand from verse 7, I want you to hear this, everyone needs to repent. And then I would just ask the question, of what do you need to repent? Now, there are always layers of application in the parables that Jesus told. So let me just, let me just uh, unpack two layers. Now, we can see the flock as all of humanity. And Jesus sees the one in danger and rescues it from certain death. 
The sheep is saved and the shepherd rejoices. And we should too. This is the global gospel. And this is being mission-minded. But this could also be the flock of the church. And Jesus brings back one that has wandered from the safety of the shepherd. There is no question. We all at one point are lost and in need of the shepherd to find us. This is the point of our salvation. This is where there is rejoicing in heaven when we enter the flock. But I believe in the course of our life in the flock, we all can stray away. And we often do. This is where there needs to be an awareness that repentance is not a one and done deal. When you are saved, confess your sins and repent of them and are baptized, that's just the beginning. Whenever we fall, we must get up. Confession says, I fell. Repentance is getting up. It's important to remember we all can fall. So what do we do with all this? When you become mission-minded and begin to engage the lost, don't be surprised if people start to mutter. They are probably more lost than they know. Friend, you need to just pray for them and keep going after the lost. But you might ask the question, why would I even engage with lost people? That is, people that don't know Jesus, or are not a part of the church, or maybe are even aware that there's a God. Well, it's because they are valuable. More valuable than your keys, or your phone, or your wallet. One soul is worth more than all the stuff in the world. You see, we must remember Jesus did not die to save our stuff, but rather to save souls. This is the driving force behind seeking the lost. Jesus' supreme sacrifice of love that he made for everyone so that we can be found. And when the lost are found, there's a party in heaven. And it's not just on baptism day. It's not just when the first time believer comes to Christ. That is just the first of many parties in heaven. We all mess up. We all sin. And because of our relationship with Jesus, the gift of confession and repentance is available to we who are in the flock. This is what brings us home again and again. Let me finish up by saying if you are lost, you don't know Jesus. Friend, you need to know he's coming for you. He wants to pick you up and bring you home. So stop running and let him carry you home. But maybe... You already were a part of the flock and you've wandered away. Now you're lost again. Today you need to know that Jesus is coming for you too. 
confess your sin and turn from it and let him carry you home as well. Perhaps even today, let us pray. Oh Lord, I thank you for the great love you have for all of us, but especially those that are lost. Lord, for that listener who's lost today, I pray that by the reading of your word, they would come to know you and know that you are seeking them and you wish to save them. Lord, I pray that they would reach out to you right now and be blessed with your presence, your peace, and that they would reach out to you for salvation and that you would indeed carry them home. Lord, we know that home means to the church, to the flock, to the family of God here on earth. But then home means heaven later on. Thank you, Lord, for seeking us out and making a way for all to be saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, as always, thanks for listening. And if you need a Bible or someone to pray with, feel free to reach out to me, Todd Martin, at Smithville Mennonite Church. I would love to hear from you. And now, before I go, I would like to leave you with a beautiful song of the faith called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It's sung by a man named Chris Rice. May God bless you, and amen.
Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransom soul away. Send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. Oh, to grace, how great. Seal it for thy course of